Hello and welcome to this episode of Critics on a Bus, the podcast where two best friends review the latest films and talk film theory. Hello and welcome to another episode of Critics on a Bus. How are you doing today, Cameron? I am doing wonderfully today. How are you doing too, Paul? I am also doing wonderfully. What film are we reviewing today? Today we are reviewing a Netflix original of Enola Holmes. Yes, Enola Holmes. So Enola Holmes stars Millie Bobby Brown, who most people will know from Stranger Things as Eleven, who plays a teenage younger sister of Sherlock and Mycroft Holmes. And she has her own skills, she has her own talents, and one morning when she wakes up and finds that her beloved mother has vanished, she has to put these skills and talents to the test, and she goes on a journey searching for her mother, followed uh, behind at most steps by her famous older brother and less famous uh, older brother. We're going to start, as we always do, with a spoiler-free section where we discuss what we liked, what we didn't like about this film, and whether or not we would recommend it. And then after that, we will dive into spoilers. So, Cameron, what did you like about this film? I liked Millie Bobby Brown. I thought she was mm-hmm. good. I thought she, you know, it's an interesting character, especially a, a fourth wall breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she held the film relatively well. And she was, yeah, she was able to, to carry it and create a, a decent enough character. I think that Enola Holmes will see a sequel. And I think she'll have more time to flesh out the character a little bit. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought that she was a good strength of the film. I thought that also um, the film was quite, quite pacey. A little bit Holmes-esque or Holmes-esque. But we'll get more into the, those details of when that worked and when that didn't work in, the, in, in later on. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I thought I thought the the general tone of the film and the the main actress was was good. Fair enough. I would agree. Yeah, basically, essentially everything that you just said is would be the, the similar points that I would make on this in terms of what I liked. I thought that you know for the most part, Millie Bobby Brown did well. We can talk about you know her lines and kind of you know what she had to do and and so forth later but with what she was given I feel like she did a pretty good job especially given how young she is I thought she she carried the film pretty well like you say I thought there were there were a a few performances in there that were also fair pretty good I would include them in this section things that I liked Um, I thought Sam Claflin as a Mycroft did an all right job but yeah that's about it. And then, like you say, I, I quite like the pace of things. I think we'll we'll go with that. Uh, I, I suspect this might be a slightly longer list, but uh, tell me about some of the things that you did not like about this film. I didn't like the way Sherlock was written and mm-hmm. or portrayed. I wasn't mm-hmm. a fan of that. Um, I wasn't a fan of what the subplot of the film turned out to be. Um, and they kind of made of the characters and the whole kind of underarching plot of the film, I suppose you could say, the, the secondary plot. Yeah, it became a bit too conventional and cliche for a film that, in a way, is trying to be kind of political at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think then they, if they kept that same theme, that political theme throughout, instead of falling back on a really old convention, it might have been better. So I think they lose their way a little bit story-wise and plot-wise and tone-wise. Um, and I think that is probably a, a big issue that I have with the film. Though, I, I mean, I know this is based on a book. I've not read the Nola Holmes books. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not to the story. But given the, the context of the film, I think they lose their way a little bit too much on the plot and story and stuff. Mm-hmm. Or the secondary plot. So I think that really, really affects it. It's this... quite, quite short list, but it's quite a big, a big. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be inventive here because I feel like I, I don't want to just keep echoing what you're saying, <laughs> but, but essentially, I feel like you, you hit many of the points that I would have said. So yeah, the portrayal of Sherlock Holmes completely off. I just kind of thought about Henry Cavill as, as if he just wasn't Sherlock Holmes, as if he was just some other character in yeah. some other 
felt like you know it just wasn't Holmesy at all. Again, like you say, the plot. I think we're we're going you know we're gonna go into the details, but I I, I felt like the plot just overall was a little bit disjointed, a little bit sort of lackluster at certain points. And like you say, they they relied on conventions and tropes that you know that are as old as the hills, um, but they didn't execute them as well as I thought they could have because there, there you know there are plenty of films out there where they follow normal convention and maybe they have a, a message or an idea in them that has been done to death but they're still all right films you know because these are the messages these are the thoughts that we want to always kind of come back to good positive stuff but I just this one I think like you say just did it just didn't do it well enough <laughs> and kind of relied on it like a crutch at certain points, and yeah, I just had a number of number of issues with the with the plot. I thought the whole thing was just a bit bit lackluster. On that note, overall, would you recommend this film? Yes, but I tell you what. Okay. First of all, there's very little out there else to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> very little new things out there to watch. So it's in a in a particular market that it's like, well, what else are you going to watch? It will hit the teenage audience, the audience that Enola is. It'll reach her target very well frankly i think i think um you know we must recognize we are in our 20s we're mid-20 guys not necessarily the target audience for a, a teenage girl film <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah specifically so i think i think it will i think it'll be good for the audience it's intent like it's aimed at um it's not for everyone it's a decent family film that you'll stick on a saturday afternoon and I think that it could potentially grow into something better. I think for a Netflix original, it's a pretty decent entry into their original, like their films. I, I know I discussed this with Dan, are a bit lackluster. And I think people, many people would agree that their shows are good, their films are a bit lacking. Um, this is a very decent entry into their Netflix original film trope. So um, it's probably one of the better original films they've made. So yes, but with a caution that, you know, not everyone's going to find this. The younger you are, the more interesting this film will be. Yeah, I, I would say something similar I, I with with uh, with the footnotes. So I, I can I, I definitely think that this whole kind of with the family Saturday afternoon type thing that I, I definitely got that kind of vibe from it. You know, it's it's wholesome. It's, you know, it's got good messages and it's got you know some kind of family humor and there's you know all in all it's a pretty clean film as well the one (laughs) there is one incident uh that we we can discuss i don't want to go into detail but when a particular character near the end bumps his head in a Mm. certain way (laughs) that i i thought i thought this whole thing would work at the moment as like a family film but i feel like the way that that was executed might then scare away some uh not scare away but kind of cause some younger children to perhaps you know wince or uh become uncomfortable so i would i would recommend it as kind of like a you know pretty run-of-the-mill family film wholesome whatever with with just that that caveat that you might want to look away near the end just in case that's not the kind of just in case you're not into uh violence but other than that and other than to that audience, or maybe kind of like a young teenage audience, I, I wouldn't massively recommend it. I don't think I'm going to rewatch it. But there is some groundwork there that's been laid that I feel like it could be like a Captain America situation where, you know, the first one's pretty naff, but then the second one, they maybe try something a bit a bit better and it, and it, it yeah. works. I feel like they've got some of the bricks in place here, so... Well, there you have it. That is our spoiler-free section. Now we are going to go into our spoiler territory and we're going to dissect things in a lot more depth, uh, discuss plot points, um, you know, proper serious stuff. So talk to me a little bit more about the plot. You spoke about how um, the film kind of fell down on on certain kind of conventions and so forth. Do you want to maybe just go into some of the some of the plot, some of the narratives that were there and what you kind of thought thought of them? In in essence, there's three plots potentially in this film. There's Enola's relationship with her mother and her mother goes missing and she wants to find her mother. 
And so she does a very Sherlock thing. She looks for clues which are left. She does wordplay. She does fourth wall mind palaces. All very good established Sherlock Holmes things. Very much establishing and building the fact that she is another Sherlock type character. Then there is the teen romance subplot, which is the subplot that ruins the film, to be honest. (laughs) Um, Interesting, okay. That she she gets involved with Viscount of Tewkesbury, who is on the run. Not really yep. established why he's on the run because he likes flowers. Uh, I think I think it was because the 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 branch. Yeah, well, so he liked he liked he kind of had one of these revel- revelation moments where the branch almost fell on him, and so he thought life's too short to live here, and so yeah, because he loves flowers, he was going to go to London and work in the flower markets so so a teen rebellion sort of phase okay <laughs> very classic rebellion that one went <laughs> <laughs> away to covent garden as the old yeah. yeah. frankly well um, yeah we, we all thought it at one point you know, so. <laughs> and then there's the sherlock and mycroft hunting enola holmes plot very thin plot and so it starts off with the enola finding her mother I, I I mean from the opening scene I liked the Enola explaining I liked it it was very Sherlock you know I liked the first 10-15 minutes when you know she's talking to you as the audience she's explaining her backstory her family you know it was very lively and friendly and kind of open and you know the I mean I did guess the suffragette link early on same I even um, said it I, was I, said, yeah, I said to Ashley, <laughs> yeah. and then at some point you see like the the woman suffrage um, leaflets, and Ashley was like, "All right." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "It was an obvious trope." So I, I I did guess that, but like even still, I mean, it's a teenage, it's you know, it's a teenage film. It's there's going to be some obvious things in there. Yeah, and I thought that was good, and you know, her hunt into London and her obvious naivety, and you know, and and just the way they played out in her character was in in that whole search. She was very Sherlock, very empowered and using her mind and you know looking for those clues and thinking the way that Sherlock thinks but that gets very quickly intertwined with the 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 team romance Tewksbury thing where she finds him in this really funny way and she's very like no go away I'm I'm a home like you know I don't want to get involved in this and then she saves his life with a pretty lame jump off a, a train i'm sorry at that speed there would have yeah. been way there should have been some water. broken bones <laughs> there been broken bones jumping off um, that um but again you know for the sake of a film i get it also can we just talk for one second about how that was almost you know plagiarized from sherlock holmes to game, a of, game shadows. of shadows yeah 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 whole, trust me and then you know she didn't they didn't jump off into the water like when sherlock i thought they were going to because like i was like this That's is so game well. of shadows i thought they're going to go into the water and yeah. then they didn't like, oh. Maybe that maybe they were trying to play on that audience expectation yeah. and then instead had them jump off onto grass and rocks, but also yeah. be <laughs> And he just like, put <laughs> dusting down his like tan suit. His yeah. linen suit. Yeah, but like and and they kinda they, they do it well, they they leave it, but then she keeps coming back to it. And the, I like you know, I get that it's all intertwined and you've got the whole plot twist at the end that it's the grandmother trying to do it trying to kill them off to keep society the same way it is and she shoots the boy i thought he actually died i thought i was like oh fair play they killed Tewksbury, and then he didn't the go so just for listeners cameron and i we often we often have moments i have them more often than not but um but cameron has them too moments where we just wish that that writers would just commit to killing people and be done with it (laughs) sorry if that's not your style but like i would too was actually disappointed when Tewksbury wasn't dead yeah (laughs) yeah <laughs> I mean, I was shocked when Linthorn died. That's the guy who okay. was in the in the brown bowler hat. I, you know, I, I, I think I don't know. I, I was, I mean, I was with Xander at the time, but I went <gasps> when he actually died. I didn't expect them to kill him or have her kill him. Um, mm. but you know, when she kind of she got knocked out and then she was waking up, I was like, oh, she's gonna do that thing that she couldn't do earlier, didn't she? She's gonna have that moment of revelation and do the one jujitsu move that she's not been able to do the whole film. It's like the crane kick in uh, Karate yeah. Kids, you know? Yeah, classic. It's, 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 that's, that's a classic trope, and, you know, the whole crying over his dead body. And I get that they kind of offset the mother hunt for the Tewksbury because it's all kind of intertwined, and it was her being the hero. But the fact that, in, in a way, they kind of 
we're teasing this kind of teen romance where she's like don't look at me like that i'm gonna you know i'm gonna kill you myself if you look at me like that and that they they kind of go down that avenue it's a bit like no no don't (laughs) don't do that don't do that i felt felt a bit robbed when it was becoming a a teen rom-com yeah um because it started off so homesy it, it just it just felt a bit cheap going down the avenue and then there's the the other subplot of sherlock and mycroft i did not like henry cavill's sherlock mm. at all and um, we can talk about that later but like their their subplot was so kind of like random let's just use it to get the strad in and to set up some consequences or something it just felt a bit it felt a bit like added on in a way oh for sure and I felt like they only did it to to justify having it called Enola Holmes. I felt like they're like if we don't have Mycroft and Sherlock in, we can't really use the Holmes like name. And so I think I felt like they kind of like we've got to include them, and so let's have this happen and this happen. And it just didn't it just didn't sit right with me like their characters that that whole kind of Mycroft and Sherlock thing just really didn't didn't work for me, I guess. Um, but I think that oh, stems yeah. a lot more to Henry Cavill's Sherlock. It, the Mycroft is my, Mycroft's always been a bit weird, a bit evil, on, on the edge of evil, on the edge of like aggressive, and he was obviously very much portrayed as the epitome of the the thoughts and feelings of the time. You know, he was the representation of male suppression, and you know, women should be seen and not heard, sort of kind of society, and they need to go to school to learn education of how to behave around men. And so I get that he was the the representation of the oppression that she, that that she's trying to free herself from, and that the world in that in the film is trying to be freed from, and the whole reform bill, and like their relationship was the representation of the greater struggle which England and the world were facing at the time then and are still facing in various forms now. But it was a bit too on the nose, you know, mm. a bit too. It just didn't feel right for the characters, and well, it didn't. It it didn't work for me. I don't know about you, but I mean, I so, so you talk. Yeah, no, 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 no. But the thing is, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. So I mean, it's <laughs> and generally for most things, this podcast is our collective thoughts, which are normally you know seventy, seventy five, eight percent the same. It's only in rare exceptions, like with Tenet or uh I, we haven't discussed Arrival yet, but on films like Arrival that. Um, there's disagreement so we're on the same page here I will go into Henry Cavill Sherlock I but yeah I, I just I thought that was very poor casting poor writing and just underdone it was just kind of his role was way too understated and mm. it, I, I think they were trying to go for something subtle but it just ended up just fizzling out into nothing it was it was it could have not been in the film and I don't, I wouldn't have cared but like you say, also bringing that legitimacy to the like the Holmes name. I feel like a lot about this film was kind of you know almost kind of clickbaity in in a way. It's like okay, so we've got the Holmes name, so that gets people interested. We've got some key actors and actresses. So we've got Millie Bobby Brown. You all know her from Stranger Things. We've got Helena Bonham Carter, Henry Cavill, Sam Claflin. These are all names that you know. So you're gonna watch it, and it's Netflix as well, Netflix original. So you know you're gonna be intrigued. And yeah, so I, I feel like the Holmes thing, I feel like this could have been, this film could have had nothing to do with Sherlock Holmes. It could have been called something else and it could have been about a young, you know, talented, smart girl trying to find her mother who has two older brothers. And it wouldn't have changed much, apart, apart from, like you said, at the beginning where it does have something of a Holmesy feel, but that fizzles out, fizzles out so quickly. that so, so there's all that. But but when it comes to Mycroft, like you say, he was clearly just meant to be this symbol of male suppression. And like you say, it was it was on the nose and it was it was a little bit too kind of unbelievable in terms of just how how kind of over the top he was, how kind of, you know, horrible he was. It was kind of verging on comical, mm. you know, so when they're in the the uh the carriage and he kind of shouts you are my ward and she starts crying <laughs> i was kind of like uh like but i felt all that being said i felt like sam sam claflin did actually a, a pretty good job at coming across as like an awkward chip on his shoulder not very nice guy which would have taken i think quite a lot of effort on his part because when you see him in other things he's usually kind of the handsome charismatic what Finnick O'Dare from the Hunger Games type character, at least in the stuff I've seen him in. 
So I don't know he came across as genuinely annoying. Uh, I don't know whether that was just the, the writing, <laughs> though. But so, so I think there's there's something I'm digging. Maybe I'm wrong, but like I feel like I'm I'm trying to find something positive in there about his performance. Um, and I think there was something there, but I I don't know that I'm quite pinning it down. But um, I mean, I would yeah. agree. I definitely think that he he just came across as nasty and just like yeah. Yeah. You're not meant to like him, and you don't. He just portrays this like horrible like man. It's just like, oh, you're just yeah. gross. You're just yeah. old and archaic, and no, thank you. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, anything else in terms of like uh, plot? I was, I, I felt like this film was quite distinctly kind of underwhelming for me, at least, and I feel like it lacked kind of gravitas it lacked kind of meaning it was kind of like so many times there would just be they would throw in these random little flashbacks from when she was you know fighting her mum or like something her mum said there would be a flashback to it and it was meant to be this meaningful moment and they were scattered throughout the film but they just they didn't do it for me and there was mixed messages there was stuff oh you are not alone and like oh and like but you got you got to find also she had this whole thing going on with Viscount Tewksbury and 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 so that was her kind of resisting that and it was kind of like the whole thing almost to me it was kind of just like good feels we're gonna try and do some good feelsy things with flashbacky you know like oh important message from my mum and fight and get back up and thing but I don't know. It was all pretty, pretty lame, really. I, I like, and, and also as well on on the whole kind of like word games thing, and on the whole kind of they they they, they obviously at the beginning were were pretty big on this idea that you know her and her mum really liked word games, mm-hmm. um, and so and ciphers and so forth, and even the whole the whole aesthetic of the of the promotional material has you know kind of almost Scrabble esque type you know pieces for yeah. the name and stuff like that and so I, I i thought there was going to be a lot more about wordplay but instead they just threw in a bunch of kind of like very very basic ciphers mm. or like so like when she was like working out that the the words that her mother was saying in the meeting were actually if you scrap like they were scrambled versions of places in london i was like that's like 11 year old cypher <laughs> like i mean like no like this is i, I don't want to sound condescending or anything because i know that this is meant for a teenage audience but it's kind of like is that meant to be clever or so like it was just kind of like kind of basic basic stuff i don't know what i was expecting i guess it was a lot more kind of probably meant for a younger audience than i was expecting but like there would just be random bursts where it would be like oh now we have like a wordplay thing and it would be like, oh, the letters are scrambled and you can turn them into another word or like this letter corresponds with that number. And there you go. And then and they would just randomly sort of be thrown in and then it would be over. And I'd be like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, it just didn't really do it for me. So I don't know if you had any strong opinions about that. But I definitely don't think if they kept that whole kind of hidden clues and scrolls kind of like investigative side than the entire film hmm. it would have been better i think because yeah it's about it's about an hour or about 65 70 minutes in the film slows down a lot i can't remember what it was but it was about halfway through it really slows down and then it loses that whole kind of homes is that when she she goes to the the school with um aunt petunia Roughly, or, or roughly, was it yeah, I think so. Close to then, okay. when she gets kind of like caged, I guess you could say, um, mm-hmm. that kind of spark of investigation disappears, and then no longer she no, no longer looks for clues and tries to find ways out, and you know is doing things that have been established and wordplay and ciphers and all that kind of stuff. Even if it is eleven year old ciphers, it's she's sixteen. But she's a Holmes. It's about, like think about home. like BBC Sherlock, like so like You can't though. That is a that No, no, can't. I know. I know, but even like like I was just expecting there to be like more punch to it because the yeah. idea about being a Holmes is that, you know, you can do things that the average person can't. Yeah, you're but, like, ordinary. 
yeah, but like unscrambling letters, like <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah, not that it then needs to be like ultra complex, but 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 uh, yeah, I think there are two things here because you're right. One, that's that that kind of side of things sort of ends. And they don't really maintain that thread. And so where in some places it felt homesy, in other places it didn't. It it kind of and because the the mysteries got kind of intertwined, like what was happening with Viscount Jusbury versus what was happening with her mum, or they they kind of would focus on one and the other, and they were separate, and then they were intertwined and so forth. It it didn't really feel like it was like solving a a proper case it didn't feel at all like by the end it didn't feel like a, at the beginning it felt like a, a Sherlock Holmes type thing because it was like, okay so where's the mother gone uh, we need mm-hmm. to find her there are going to be clues and so forth but they lose track of that and so for example take for example this like big reveal as if it's like this big reveal that the, the grandmother um was the one who was you know trying to get him to not then go and and, and cast his vote I didn't care I literally, I like, it was meant to be kind of like this, oh, here's a character we saw earlier, and, you know, and now you didn't know, but actually, she was the one behind it all. Like, that kind of stuff works when you've maintained a consistent mystery throughout, when there are a number of potential candidates, and then you're shocked or surprised to find out it's that one. But she was in it for such a short period of time, there was so much else going on, and that side of things I didn't really care about. So it it just, it didn't really do much for me. Like, like take for example, Knives Out. I love Knives Out. I thought it was, I thought it was a really good film. And it was a proper, you know, mystery with a twist, with its own kind of twist. Um, but I, I was watching it and I was thinking, oh, is it, which family member did this? Like, you know, was it a few of them? You know, oh, and then when you kind of find out how things went, you're like, oh, no way, it was that person and, and so forth. Whereas with this, I just... It just didn't have that punch. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that had this story of the Tewksbury case been a sequel and it was just focused on her, even if at that point the kind of teen romance, like introduce him as a character at the beginning and then like, you know, keeping him uh, in the Covent Gardens as a, as a gardener or a florist or florist or whatever. And then, and then like, unraveling the whole story that he's Tewksbury who's who's gone missing and then like you know he asks for help and then you've got to hide from Sherlock who's like trying to find him in the missing person's case and you've got the whole family thing and then you learn that you know and then that whole kind of end game plays out that's a whole film on its own with a bit more of an emotional thing but sticking it inside this film blurs the focus and that's where that I mean I I, I like the reveal it was the grandmother but I think to have the impact that we want, I think that that whole Tewksbury plot should be its own. It would have should have been its own film, and they should have focused on her searching for her mother. I feel like the the motive of Enola finding her mother was so strong in the beginning and so much a part of her identity, and they wipe it out so quickly as her character. But for then, so I use this boy, yeah. it then becomes like well that was her drive and her focus and then she just yeah i get it but then they half-heartedly try to imply that some of the messages that her mother might have told her while she was fighting would have been like follow your heart or something like that and then she was following her heart by trying to you know help him and the lamb on the edge of the cliff and like yeah so but she was, but, she was so focused on that one goal yeah and then just to give it up because of yeah a mind palace memory yeah it just feels like had she gone had she stuck with her guns and been that you know like no i am resolved i can do this i am who i am and i choose to find my mother because i want answers i want her to almost like hold her mother to account of why have you abandoned me even if we got the same ending where her mother was just like uh doing it to build a better world and you know and you could have layered the whole political suffragette movement in so much more deeply and got the political message you're trying to get out. And then the second film be more Tewksbury-based. Those are those are two separate stories, and those stories needed the two hours each without the whole yeah. you know, intertwining. And I think intertwining robs each story of its own heart and its own big dramatic reveal. I think that's the issue for me i think yeah no i think that's a that's that's really 
hit the nail on the head i it would still obviously need a lot of work but i feel like yeah yeah if, if we were to kind of boil it down to one problem it would be the intertwining of those two stories and how it was they kind of chased two rabbits there and, and caught neither so i would agree and it's a shame because they were doing fine with the first one yeah but then it, yeah it ends up just being weird it kind of yeah it gets left behind and it, yeah. it's not entirely clear kind of why she couldn't say anything and i I don't know it all just it it loses it so we've we've alluded to one particular element of casting that we don't like so maybe we can discuss that in a little bit more depth and we've already i mean i I don't know if there's anyone we would say but we we can say millie bobby brown i think did a a a pretty good job with what she was given i think that's that's fair she's a very talented actress the whole breaking the fourth wall thing i I think she did relatively well. There are a few moments where it was a little bit awkward, but I think that was more down to the the writing than than anything. But I, I think overall, you know, she she did a pretty good job. Henry Cavill as as Sherlock. Oh. <laughs> where where did they come up with that? Where it does, did, like, oh, it does not work. He would just stand there, like you know, six foot tall, an absolute like beefcake, like <laughs> like stupid. <laughs> all look like they were going to like rip off of his body at any yeah. moment like he's just like uh, just this hulking you know mass of like muscle and jawline and like this like you know long wavy hair talking in his slightly annoying kind of low register you know kind of slight almost a growl type thing not growl but kind of like this he has this kind of low kind of like you know like well, I don't know. Like he has this kind of like smooth, low voice that can sometimes be annoying. And and I was just like, that's that's not. It's like the opposite of Sherlock. Everything there is just not yeah. Sherlock. Like so. So for example, take 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 Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes. Fair enough. He doesn't match the physical description. Sherlock's meant to be tall, kind of lanky, but still strong, you know, big nose, receding hairline, you know, that that's kind of the general description of Sherlock. But also he's meant to be strange, eccentric, you know, have all these different kind of weird behaviours and obviously be intelligent, hyper intelligent and skip steps and then get annoyed with having to explain things to people. That's kind of generally the Sherlock Holmes picture that's kind of built up in the books and the one that the BBC Sherlock does incredibly well. At the very least, with the Robert Downey Jr. performance, you've got the eccentric side of things. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really look like Sherlock, but he's slightly you know, crazy and, and really, you know, obviously very clever and 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 so forth so at the, you could make an argument that you know he's not sherlocky enough but i i, I think it, it just about works but this this doesn't there's nothing about him that was like sherlock either in terms of the books or in terms of previous incarnations of sherlock it was just cabal called Sherlock Holmes. Like, I, I don't know. Like, talk to me about your thoughts on that one. Oh, this was an absolute train wreck of a casting and a, and a performance <laughs> choice. Like, he was so boring. Yeah. You know, Sherlock is is a fast talker, a fast thinker. He's always looking for clues and investigations. He's always talking at faster than everyone else in the room and thinking faster than everyone else. I mean, in the books, he's like hooked up on cocaine or something, you know, (laughs) massively into drugs. And that's how he finds a release and that slows his mind down. And I don't get the sense that that Sherlock lives with Mrs. Hudson with like gun shots in the walls and has experiments going all over the place. And I mean, where's John Watson? There are like peas in a pod. He should have been with Sherlock. He, Sherlock would never have been able to socially function outside in society so much in the film without Watson. He's just so, and I, that scene at the very end in the Royal Institute Academy or whatever it is, and he's walking and he literally looks about the size of Bane. Like, <laughs> he is jacked behind that suit. And you can tell yeah. and he walks so rigidly. There's no like yeah. free or flowing of movement. And I mean, you could tell him like, Henry, act with your eyes, look everywhere. And so he <laughs> like staying static. He was just like looking at everything. But like Sherlock would be much more 
different about animated him. animated yeah. yeah his body just has something more some more, much more character than cavill did and it's literally those like well we need a cardboard cut out of a sherlock you're british with the jaw you'll do and i think it's an absolute misfire yeah. I, I was so sometimes focused when he was on screen going that's not sherlock that i couldn't focus on i could believe mycroft with sam Caplin, just this kind of mm. weird mean little man with a mustache i just could not believe henry cavill as sherlock it's just he's not quirky enough for sherlock no. He's so dull. And he, he's the kind of person who would have gone to the school and tried to break an old out with him. And he would have had a plan and he would have been like, you know, he would have come dressed up, yeah, dressed up as yeah. a girl and, 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 you know, and, you know, hide under my skirt and let's go sort of thing. And not kind of go, yeah. here's a hedgehog. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was just way too sedate. Yeah. kind of just he didn't he didn't look the part and he didn't act the part and it wasn't written as if he was Sherlock and it was just very strange yeah very strange indeed I, I have no idea what, the, what was happening there in terms of casting but I have no idea maybe they just managed to get Henry Cavill and obviously he's a big name and so yeah they thought he would help but, but Millie's a star in her own Millie was enough to bring people yeah. into the film without the need of Henry and um, they didn't even i mean they i feel like they felt they ha- with him no and, and i feel like they had they felt like they had to include sherlock at the very least and maybe microsoft or other characters like the strad to tie it to the holmes franchise mm. but this could have been called Anola holmes and it could have just had some reference to her brothers in a picture or something and that would have been fine without sherlock holmes in it or without this strange performance and this strange plot where he's sort of following her and then they insinuate that she somehow did it better than him and then like he's like, ha, oh, I guess she did and the end. Like I that all could have just gone and they could have even kept whatever the fact that she was a Holmes and they could have done something better with just that, but it's a random addition. Um any other performances that you that you wanted to uh to mention? From the 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 flashbacks we saw, Helena is always always great. But in most things she does, she's fantastic. So I could believe her being this kooky, eccentric mother who taught, teaches their children to fight and paint and, you know, do her playing. She's very believable as Eudora. Eudora, yeah. Yeah, Eudora. The boy, Tewksbury, <laughs> I don't even know his name. Lewis Partridge. Lewis Partridge. Or Louis. 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 Decent Louis. teenager. Oh. You know, yeah, decent. Yeah, he's in Paddington, and he's much better in Paddington, I yeah. think at least. Um, but, uh, the cast, the cast is alright. There's, there's not many. There's people you're like, oh, where are they from? You know, there's that. Ooh, oh, you're, you're from. Yeah, I know you're from somewhere. They're kind <laughs> of familiar faces, apart from Mont Petunia, of course. Um, yes. Fiona Shaw. Yeah, um, Fiona Shaw. But. I think aside from that, I, I they they're not strong memorable performances at all. Mm. It's you know and you know I I don't like how they wrote Lestrade. Lestrade nah, yeah. doesn't work for Mycroft. He doesn't no. Lestrade does yeah. not do. He's not a bounty hunter. Please. Yeah, I mean uh, Lestrade is normally in in most incarnations of Sherlock. He's kind of like a little bit of comic relief clearly bumbling and incompetent he kind of just represents kind of classic kind of british you know office you mm. know well like incompetence or whatnot but like uh but yeah in this one yeah you had this random sort of like yeah bounty hunter aspect to it and it was strange but but yeah performance is pretty average around the board should we come on to music i i i i I didn't give it as much thought as I normally do when we when I watched it at least. But what were your thoughts on the music? I mean, honestly, neither did I. I think in a way because slightly unremarkable. I think at times, especially at the very beginning, the story had enough to distract me from the music. So it wasn't a bad enough enough film for me to think highly about the music, or the music wasn't as as intense as like tenet where that's all yeah. you can hear apart from the film itself so it didn't have those aspects to it it did have a very home-esque feel they kept it very in theme for a lot of it but most of it really 
blends into the background. It's very unnoticeable, very unremarkable as a score um, to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure of the composer. I would have to look it up. Daniel Pemberton. Oh, he did Man from Uncle. And, oh, he's doing, he's doing the trial from the Chicago 7, which is coming up. We see which one to watch. I think he's oh, quite a... Okay. I feel like he's a Netflix. He's done a lot for Netflix. I think he's a Netflix friend. Okay. Um, so he might be someone to watch out for. But nothing really struck out to me. There was no clear motifs in the music. It had that sort of like lively twinkle, that sort of like... I did feel homes from it mm-hmm. like, i did feel a sherlock style vibe from the whole thing it did it did it did ring out to me i just didn't i didn't feel any strong kind of character sounds but it, they did kind of at times keep the right themes in so it, it did you did have that i had that sort of like sound memory of this is what Holmes does mm-hmm. um but aside from that i think for me it was a very unremarkable very muted score that i scarcely paid attention to yeah fair enough i'm yeah in a similar boat there i i seem to remember again i can't remember like you say any kind of like recurring any any, like motifs or anything like that but but i seem to remember at the end and then when it went into the credits thinking i remember telling time saying oh this this bit of music's relatively pleasant you know quite nice but it was all good nice stuff very light very lively very you know teen but in the end i can't i wouldn't be able to pick a music out of a lineup no right so let's go to paul's critics we need to get a sting for this paul's critics corner indeed yes we shall so this is doing surprisingly well surprisingly mm-hmm. well um it, well I, I say that let's start with the bad news so uh 6.7 on imdb which there's been worse there's been a lot worse it's not great uh, and that's after quite a lot of reviews, but for IMDb, that's like surprisingly not bad. Its its meta score is sixty seven, which is actually quite high for a meta score, and it's uh, and that's in the green. I mean, you, a lot of films that a lot of people love are uh, are in that kind of range because critics tend to have stronger opinions about things. So if, Inception, for example, if I remember correctly, I can look this up, but is is a seventy four, I think. Metacritic, mm. which you know is disgustingly low, but but yeah, again, just to put it in perspective, that kind of that kind of area, that kind of range, so that's surprisingly high. We move on over to Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't even know what happened here, but it's a ninety-two percent uh, critic score on wow. Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, for those who don't know, the way that I might have already explained this, but the Rotten Tomatoes is essentially binary. So if it's a good that means that 92% of critics gave it an a, a overall good rather than bad review. But then it'll have like an average score that's normally a lot lower than that in terms of what they've given it. So it in terms of scoring, it works a bit, a bit differently. But even then, 92% mainly positive critic reviews is crazy. And then it has an 80% audience score. So I, I'm... I'm surprised personally at that, particularly at the Rotten Tomatoes situation there. I think maybe it's because there's there's just a out of practice. <laughs> maybe, maybe because something has finally come along that everyone's looking at and reviewing and so forth. Maybe they're out of practice, but uh, but I think you know there are good positive messages in there, and so and Millie Bobby Brown, I would imagine, is very popular amongst critics, particularly since Stranger Things, because she's obviously phenomenal in that. But yeah, so that's the critic situation. Right. Would you like to summarise your thoughts on this film? Before we do, I'm just oh. I'm just found an article. Okay. That has people like going crazy for Henry Cavill as Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and so like like this is and it Good takes like it takes over. some like people's like in like Twitters and they're like I'll start a religion based on Henry Cavill's Sherlock Holmes and like um, can we just talk about him and can we just like what? I'm like, are you kidding me? That is very strange. Man, people very have been, strange people indeed. Have been indoors for far too long. <laughs> Clearly, have they're losing their <laughs> losing their minds. With that. Let me summarise. I think that this 
film starts off strong, starts off fun, lively, engaging, starts off in a very classic home style story and investigation. What we would come to expect from the Holmes name and franchise, I suppose you could say, it loses loses its way midway through when it becomes it gets involved as a teen romance and really slows down the pacing and ultimately loses your attention. The the ending does shock and surprise the fact that um, although they fall on a classic trope of she does the move she's not been able to do the like, the fighting move she's not been able to do the whole time and it leads to the death of Thin um, Linthorn, which I was quite shocked about. I did think the reveal of the grandmother was interesting. I won. I wasn't thinking about mind you. I wasn't thinking about who. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about the double bluff or the red herring because mm-hmm. the case wasn't interesting enough because it wasn't in detail enough. And I think the multiple plots makes the overall film a bit too pale and a bit too unfleshed out. Um, and whilst the film tries to be political, it falls away from that and becomes too conventional. Um, and they don't stick to one kind of either either be a rom-com or be a, a political modern life statement about female empowerment and and the rights of those who are oppressed don't try to be both it doesn't work um and i think that's where the film ultimately lets down it is enjoyable millie bobby brown a strong lead and i think she has a future i think with the right writing this could be a two three film for her deal and i think it could go places but i fear it won't i fear they'll continue this kind of too many stories in one film trope and Henry Carville is atrocious. Despite what Twitter is saying, he is not a good Sherlock Holmes and do not think of him like, as that. Ultimately, it starts off really well, slows way too much down in the middle, and although at times surprising, it ultimately is a letdown. I, I would echo a lot of what you just said. I was underwhelmed by this film. I felt like, you know, there were good, some, you know, classic, good, you know, warm messages in there. Millie Bobby Brown, for the most part, did a good job, although I think that the lines that she was given, you know, at, at certain points were a bit awkward. I feel like she did a relatively good job of breaking the fourth wall, although, although again, a few times it was, it was, you know, it was a bit awkward. Henry Cavill as Sherlock was just very strange casting. I felt like they got lost trying to chase too many different plots. And yeah, all in all, I just, I don't know, underwhelmed in a word. This film didn't really do much for me at all. So, okay scores what number are you putting on this i'm going with a six yeah i feel like it's it's a low six it's low especially i mean henry cavill loses so many points for this film (laughs) it's it's like the bus that you get on and you're very excited it's a nice bus to get on but the longer you're on the bus the worse it gets so the more stops it makes the more people get on then it's the loud people people who get too close to you and then it gets really busy and it's hard to get off and it's very uncomfortable and it becomes late. It stops for ages because a bus driver wants to sit and read a newspaper or just stare into the existential dread for a few minutes. And you're getting very frustrated. And the longer you run it, the worse the bus gets until you eventually kind of get off and go, oh, my goodness, I'm off that bus. Mm. And you vow never to take that same bus again. So I think it's one of those buses where it starts off really good. You're at the beginning of the journey. It's very fast empty springy quite nice and then the longer you're on it the worse it gets for me yeah but a six because i think it has potential and i think millie bob does a millie bob <laughs> um I, I think she does she does good and it'll suit the audience very well but it's barely a six i think at a six that's it right, right nothing more nothing more what about you <sighs> four are you going for I'm debating between four and five. There's part of me that wants to go for a, a five. Part of me that wants to go for a four. I feel like sometimes, you know, trying to, you know, be critical about films or trying to dissect them in more depth than the average person can lead to a certain cynicism where you, you constantly just look for the bad stuff. <laughs> but I, I, I really think it is a virtue, a real virtue to be able to find the good in films. So my, my one of my favourite critics, his name is Mark Commode. He does a really good job of just trying to be fair 
to films and trying to kind of, you know, trying to find the positives in films. I think that's almost as much of a skill as being, you know, finding the things that are wrong with them. So in that spirit, I might go for a five, but a five and no more, just like your six. And yeah, a, a bus ride where you are on the bus and you're going somewhere and then you get to that place and you get off the bus and then you find out that the thing was cancelled or you remember that that was actually on a different day. So basically the bus doesn't take you where you want to go. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Enola, Enola Holmes, uh, have you seen it? Uh, what did you think? Do you disagree with us? Do you think that it was, you know, wonderful and had a great message? Or do you disagree with us and think that we were way too kind to it? And actually, do you do you think it was a complete train wreck? Let us know, comment on stuff, send us personal messages, whatever. We'd love to hear what you think. Yes, um, please do. And um, I'm, I'm thinking with all my rankings, I might be too generous to rankings. Maybe did you be like... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you're you're extolling that virtue of being someone who's <laughs> able to look for the good. <laughs> maybe we'll see if it changes. Um, yes, do let us know what you think, please, please, please. This is my emphatic plea to you all: is please leave us a review on Facebook or Apple Podcasts. If you are listening, we really want to grow the podcast, so please leave us reviews of what you think. If you listen to this episode or any episodes please share on social media that, you, that you've listened so we share a post about the review on your instagram stories on facebook that you've listened that helps us find new people and helps us um grow and, and gain support we want and would love um, for this podcast if you enjoyed today's episode or even if you didn't even if you disagree with us and you think that we're talking rubbish then put it on social media tag us reshare and let us know your actual thoughts it would help us out so much if you do that yeah and thank you for listening thanks for listening thanks for listening don't forget to check us out on facebook and instagram we'll see you next time millie bobby brown i called it millie billy bob um earlier on <laughs> um so